I had texted Ferrucci, actually his PR person, and you know just said hey, and she said now nah, 9:30 works, and then admittedly 100% on me, I was like oh wait a minute like once I confirmed it I didn't she didn't write back to say like yes indeed, um, but this is why he is the fan favorite of the show and the favorite of the show. Because I texted him, was like, hey, I, I forgot to confirm. And he's like, oh, no problem. I'm calling right now. So he joins us now on the Payless Tickers hotline. The man is always on it. He is always on it. I And I knew, let me tell you what happened to me during the parade. I'm sitting in the parade on Pennsylvania, and I was on, we were sitting in the chairs right there, like on the curb. And the drivers that were on the inside of each row, you know, were like right by me. And, and here comes the inside of row two. And I look, and Ferrucci's got on these shoes, oh, it, shoes with like red, white, and blue yeah. socks, uh-huh. and the whole deal. And they're hanging off. And I mean, I, I could have like reached out and hit them, but I thought to myself, now this dude has so much style that, that there's no chance he's that he's going to do anything other than another top ten. Santino Ferrucci, who joins us on the show, Santino, you made history on Sunday. So my trivia question for you is: Do you know what history you made for myself? Yes. Uh, I think I joined one of three drivers ever in five starts to be in the top ten in their first five starts. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. And as a matter of fact, um, you are now the only driver to have made at least five starts in the Indy 500 that has never finished outside the top ten because the others did it after the fact. So no pressure for you to continue the streak. Um, but and by the way, that's five top tens with – is that four different teams? Yeah, four different teams, five top ten, two top five. Pretty good. Yeah, I'd say. Now, did I'm assuming you were not able to hear it. But when one of the red flags happened, it might have been the last one, Calabro on the public address was doing like a survey of fans. Okay, you know, who's cheering for Rossi? Who's cheering for Erickson? Who's cheering for Newgarden? I'm not kidding you, and I'm not saying it because you're on the show right now. I think you got the loudest roar. I think you had the highest number of, of like votes, if you will. Are you aware of it? Are you aware of the fact that you are becoming a fan favorite of the Indianapolis 500? Um, I will say, though, hearing the fans cheer for the 14, uh, that's honestly kind of what kept me sane during those reds because you can hear the crowd. It was so different for when they called out for AJ Boy Racing and all of us. Honestly, yeah, I love the place. I love the fans. You know, I spend as much time uh, in front of the garage as possible all month long. You know, um, just a privilege to be there. So, uh, obviously, I hope that we can kind of take on that role a little bit for sure. Um, Being good with all of that and becoming a more popular driver. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome. 7th, 4th, 6th, 10th, and 3rd. That is the Indy 500 career for Santino Ferrucci. It's darn impressive. He joins us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Santino, I'm watching the banquet last night. You mentioned you got pretty emotional um, pre-race. Is that an annual emotion for you pre-race, or was it a little bit more this year, and why do you think so? Um, No, it's not an annual emotion. You know, normally I've, I've always been really excited and having a lot of fun. Um, definitely just really enjoying it. I think just, like I said last night in my speech, you know, it's just such a tough month emotionally with, you know, all of our family and friends and obviously with the passing of AJ's wife and all of that, you know, just, there was so much riding on 
what we were doing at the Speedway and how competitive we were. And it was emotional because we also knew we had one of the cars to win. We woke up no- that morning knowing that we would be there in the end, you know, God willing, and everything went as, as it did. And we were there at the end. And, you know, obviously, if you change some circumstances a little bit, it, you know, could have been us uh, on the top step. Santino, I remember having you on this week last year, and I'm sitting there kind of dumbfounded on why you didn't have a full-time IndyCar ride. You now have that this year with AJ Foyt Racing. As you sit here a year later, you know how do you kind of view yourself within the IndyCar paddock in the next three to five years? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously hope that I'm still around the next three to five years. Nothing's a given in this sport. Um I really enjoy. I'm enjoying my time at AJ Foy Racing. Uh, I do want to continue what we're working on and what we're building. Um, I think it was really cool to come into the to the series with them and thank the fact that they gave me that opportunity to drive for them um, has been amazing and incredible. Uh, and I'd really like to make something with this team. You know, I'd like to, to pull the team from where it was. Uh, you know, 24th and 22nd in the championship, and I'd like to bring it into the top 10 competing for wins because that would make me feel really accomplished as a driver knowing that I could do that as well. Santino, one of the things that, you know, I think a lot of people, quite frankly, it was eye-popping to see the speeds that A.J. Foyt Racing was able to provide, both for you and for Benjamin Peterson. Um, How much of that is Michael Cannon, who, for those that are not familiar with the sport, is one of the top engineers, and A.J. Foyt Racing was able to to hire him this year. Um, How big a difference do you – I realize for you, also new to the team, but what kind of mind is that that you're able to have to to be able to find speed in those cars? Yeah, I mean – he was my rookie year. He was my engineer in 2018 for a brief uh, when I was filling in at Detroit. And then obviously he engineered my car in all of 2019 where we had uh, three top fives with three fourth place finishes. Um, and we almost won a couple of races. You know, it, we felt like we had some unfinished business. Um, I obviously let him know where I was going before I signed the contract because I wanted his opinion. And, you know, and I trusted him. And eventually, you know, can you imagine a couple months down the road when he's uh, a free agent? Um, he called me and he wanted to come come to AJ to work with me again, and um, yeah, was uh, definitely pretty awesome. And you know, he just brought a lot of you know knowledge to the team as far as just structure, just kind of how we're doing things. There's nothing magical that really, as he says, that makes these cars go around. You know, it's it's just take it takes time and it, you know it takes precision and uh, it takes everybody to make that car. And yes, the setups are obviously awesome. What we've done with the car over the winter time has obviously been heavy. But at the same day, or at the same point, me and my teammate had the same car the entire month. So you still have to drive it a hundred percent. You know, and it's, it's never an easy feat. You go into that race on Sunday knowing that there's at least ten or twelve cars that can win that race, um, and. At you know, I was fortunate enough to have one of the cars that was more than capable of winning that race. Um, and, yeah, we still ended up third. So, it's tough. Where did they ha- – I can't remember, Santino, on the final red, when they had to, when they when they went back and then they kind of repositioned everybody. For the brief moment there, were you were, – did they have you second for a split second and then you went back to fourth? Is that right? 
I was second. Um, yeah, when we when we went under caution and they put me back to third. I mean, I've looked back at the replay, um, and they made the right call. Um, you know, I wasn't ahead of Joseph when they called the yellow. Uh, you can see the light switch. I was about a nose, like a, not even the front wing, but like the main plane away from being ahead of him. Mm. Um, so, but I think IndyCar, at the end of the day, I think they got a lot of uh, mixed reviews from the drivers. I told Jay Fry last night that, look, I supported the decision to finish under green. I think it's a big thing for the fans. It's a true way to win a race, um, for sure, especially around the speedway. Um, I didn't benefit me. Uh, if anything, it hurt, hurt. What hurt me was the fact that they were crashing for 20. <laughs> it's not not anything that Indy, IndyCar did. Santino, you think if they pulled the 33 drivers and get, you know, okay, honest, anonymous opinion was the red flag, the final red flag, the right decision? How many of the 33 would say it was indeed the right decision? I don't know. I actually haven't talked to a lot of drivers, um, so I don't want to. I don't want to obviously uh, speak for the field, but um, I do know that there was definitely a couple of guys for it, um, and I do know there was a couple that weren't for it. But um, yeah, it's like I said. In my in my heart, they made the right call, um, regardless of the winner. So I'm just happy that we finished under green for the fans, and they got to see that that uh, spectacular finish. Santino, Jake brought up a moment from the parade on Saturday, and I've got my own that I wanted to share with you, um, and not to turn this into a Kevin Bowen family tree, but my brother-in-law's niece attended her first Indy 500 on Sunday. She was at the parade Saturday, the parade's coming to an end, and all of a sudden, you, Santino Ferrucci, take off your hat, sign it, and hand it to her, and the look on her face, yes, little Kara Duncan, the look on her face Sunday morning when she told me that story, I mean, the grin was as wide as 465. It was absolutely incredible to see her beaming. So, among all those fans that we heard of the 330,000, a little eight-year-old Kara Duncan is a massive fan. So, thank you for that. No, of course. I mean, it was. I love the parade. I love seeing the people. They I mean, we, they, we have this race only because they support us. If they didn't support us, we wouldn't be racing. So, you know, to see that and to, to make her day, you know, I saw her there. We were coming to the end, um, and I was getting ready to head back to the bus, and she looked like, obviously, she looked like she was a new fan, and she was having a good time. So I'm very happy that she got the hat. Small world with her year right there. Certainly. <laughs> funny. But uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very grateful. Uh, very, very grateful for all the fans that were out there and the parade. I'm happy that she got the hat and uh Santino, if we can, we'll see if the cell phone holds on here for another couple of minutes because I wanted to ask you this. I heard, I don't know if it's, well, I'm going to let you tell me if this is a rumor or a fact. I had heard, and I think it was Long Beach. I can't remember if it was Long Beach or Barber, but one of the races that we have run so far this year in IndyCar, in one of the driver meetings, there was a vote of like, hey, here's one area where the track is just too narrow. Can we all agree to not use that as a passing zone and just understand that there's not going to be any passing in that corner? And everybody said like, yeah. And then you were like, hell no, I'll pass. And everybody's like, yeah, that, <laughs> fact or fiction? That happened. That was in Long Beach. Everybody, so we've been going there for how many years now? There's never been an issue. And now all of a sudden, it's 
well, let's not make that a passing zone. Like, what? But <laughs> like, what's wrong with you people? We're race car drivers. If you can't figure out how to have a gentleman's agreement to not get through there on the start, that's on you. And that's a respectable loss. Because you need to have respect in this sport. Because it's also dangerous. You know, and that's one of the big things at the speedway to where, you know, you saw some big wrecks. You know, we got really lucky a couple of times on on Sunday, especially with that tire coming off. I just, I think people kind of do forget how safe the cars, you know, the cars are only so safe to a fault. They are incredibly safe compared to what they ran 10 years ago, five years ago even. I mean, it's just, I think some drivers take that too much for granted. Um, but so some of the respect between drivers wheel to wheel has definitely gone away. I think compared to what it was uh, back in the heydays. But um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I know passing zone on a professional series sport in one of the races, one of the biggest races of the year, like Long Beach. You got to be kidding me! I was losing my mind. I was laughing. I just get this I forget, impression. I forget whose idea. Well, I forget whose idea it was, but it was a dumb one. I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying. Like, I'm not saying that you necessarily are actively looking to be the guy that wears the black hat and is, like, the villain of the series, which every racing series kind of needs. Kyle Busch is kind of that guy in NASCAR. But at the same time, you strike me as a guy that isn't overly worried about whether or not you're the most popular guy in the paddock. True? I just want to be myself. Um, If I ruffle some feathers along the way, it's totally fine. Um, You know, I'm not asking for much. I just... I also race the way that I'd like to be raced. So if I run someone hard, I expect to be run hard back. You know, when I race the guys that I respect a lot, like Dick Sinkson on, Power, Felix, um, you know, I, I race them clean. But, I, you know, it's not anything where I put myself at any risk to them at any risk or any harm. So I truly believe in that. And that's something that Max Happ has taught me. So, and he's our series director. Last question, well, Santino. Um, last question, real quick. I'm not asking you specifically. That would be rude of me. But as a general rule, because people ask me this all the time after the banquet. Hey, Jake, how much of that money does a driver actually take home? My understanding has always been high end, probably 40% for the driver, maybe some a little bit lower or a little higher than that. But that's a fair guess. Is that a fair statement? Um, I actually couldn't, I couldn't tell you because they didn't announce what we made <laughs> until they did Joseph's. And I think, you know, part of those numbers are obviously, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of that number that you do see most of the time goes to the team. Um, because it's in a, it's what's called a leadership circle. So, you know, it's, it skews everything a little bit. I mean, I think our car made that day almost half a million bucks. Um, I'm not sure how that money falls between me and the team, or um, but to be honest with you, I'm just really happy how we ran, and we raised. We've been raising so much money in, in the light of things for Hopes for Troops and for all those vets. I mean, I I am more excited to see what that dollar amount is at the end of the month because those guys truly deserved it, and I've met so many. So. Yeah, we you know we make some money on that day if you place well, but obviously when you drive for a cause, you know it's a, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what you're you're trying to raise money for and awareness for. Uh, at least that's how it was in my eyes this year. 
Santino, you don't need me to tell you this, but don't stop being you, man. It's why I think our listening audience absolutely loves every time you hop on with us and certainly part of the reason why you got the cheers that you did on Saturday and Sunday. So thanks for what you did at the parade. Obviously, congrats on the third-place finish. Good luck this week in Detroit, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be rooting for you as always. Thank you, boys. I really appreciate you having me on this morning. Y'all have a great week.